The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Rod. 34 to 3. Nice little bounce back there after the last three weeks of, uh, of football. You think uh, Debo and Trent being back, that's, that's kind of sounds like it's kind of an important thing. Uh, nope. It's all about Steve Wilkes being <laughs> on the sideline. That's all it is. So now he's stuck on the sideline and in those same draws and socks. He can't, <laughs> he can't change anything now since that's what matters. Jesus. No, yeah, I think yeah. It, it looks it looks a little different when um you got Big Trent out there <laughs> clearing the way and people like I think um Daryl Johnson said it. They've been running the same plays. They just yeah. look different when Trent and um Debo are out there. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it was it, it, you know every you know it was really it, it was just we weren't playing well. Is it's just, you know, we were missing people. Dre, another one is Dre, Dre Greenlaw. His presence yep. was, he did, made that felt. And it just seemed like the energy was different. Dudes are rallying to the ball. They're not missing tackles. They're getting off blocks. And all of us, I mean, when you're doing those things, you know, you win football. You dominate football games. So that was, you know, I guess everything, all is well now again, I guess. <laughs> you know the eye is not falling. <laughs> well, well, here and the other thing, and I don't know if it's just one player who comes in, that being Chase Young, but all of a sudden the pass rush was back. The front four were dominating again, and you can see, and we've talked about this, how well that that works with the secondary because they just uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know, he was rushed, and and that forced him into some bad throws. Then all of a sudden you get a throw that's a little bit too early that donks off of the hands of the receiver and into the waiting arms of Hufanga. Uh, they they also sacked him and he fumbled and that you know and then later uh, they rushed him and it was more towards the the end of the game but you know Fred Warner's the only guy within ten feet and he picks off a pass so they worked in tandem very well. And I do wonder if we're going to hear something from Shanahan about how more in sync he and Wilkes were because he was on the sidelines instead of instead of in the in the box. Because, I mean, it did seem like, you know, maybe for the first time in in a few weeks that what they were doing, you know, because the blitz, if it's a surprise, then you get what we saw. If it is sort of predictable and you can be like, you know, Peyton Manning and you're just counting guys and you're basically telling your offense, okay, this is what we do. Then maybe it's not as, as successful. It did seem like there were a couple of surprises where Trevor Lawrence was just like, I have no idea where the rushers are coming from. And I'm just going to fall down because I don't want to throw an interception. I mean, I, yeah, I will completely admit that a lot of things about scheme, I don't know about, but one thing I do know, is that it doesn't matter what scheme it is. If the guys can't get off blocks, if the guys aren't rallying to the ball, and if the guys aren't covering, there's no scheme that fixes fundamentally bad football. I I don't know. And again, I I I completely poo poo the different being in the box or being on the field. Kyle could 
again, as he said, if, if he wanted to change a call, it's in the headset. So it doesn't matter where he's at. And if being on the sideline or in the booth matters, please explain to me how five and zero leading the league and the fewest points allowed. If, if it matters, how come it didn't matter then? Yeah. They just weren't playing well. And so put him on the field, put him on the sideline, put him on the bus, put him in a drone. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. If if the dudes play like they play today, it's not going to matter. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't. But um, I, I think I, I was really, really, um, you know, Dre Greenlaw makes a huge difference, it appears. He looks Just fast today. Spirit, I mean, but I think he, I don't know, I, I'm not a big woo-woo guy, but I mean, I think he brings an energy to the team. And we've talked about it before. Sometimes it that energy um, can cross the line sometimes. Sometimes. But like I've said, if I've got to take, you know, a 15-yard penalty here or there um, in exchange for what he brings, I'll take that every time because that dude – is a football player. And um, it, it just seems like, you know, that was a big difference. Those guys were really rallying to the ball in a way that we just weren't. Um, well, and that was what Shanahan said last week, right? The the energy wasn't there. And yeah. someone like Dre brings a ton of it. And maybe he even sees that as his, as his role. It's like, I got to fire these guys up by the way that I play. So that yeah, that was great to see. I, I didn't want to Or maybe Wilkes was on the sideline firing him up, which, <laughs> which is what the 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 faithful have been saying. It, is, see, it seemed it, to it, me it, that he had to leave the sideline to go like write stuff down. <laughs> it yeah, well, like, it seemed I mean, like a, a little harder for him to do his job <laughs> on the sideline. Because that's what, you know, watching everything I've seen of Steve Wilkes in training camp and then these first you know, nine weeks of the season, he really seems like a guy who really is going to get you hyped up and fired up. That that seems like his kind of his personality is to be in your face and like leading the dance on the sideline. That's sarcasm, you guys. He that seems like the opposite of the kind well, of guy. I mean, it, it, it is. It is a different <laughs> type of coach because sala and you know ryan's even more ryan's was very demonstrative ryan's was like another player on yeah he's a player lines. i mean you know so that and that is but it, from what i again from what i west witnessed um in training camp that was the role that kukuric and johnny holland seemed mm-hmm. more than capable of you know those dudes are that guy though they are the rah-rah hype up kind of kind of dudes and that's why i thought you know i didn't have you know it didn't seem like a big issue to me him being in the booth them doing that thing on the sideline seemed perfect but i mean if that's you know if 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 we're just changing it up sometimes changing it up just for the sake of changing it up works but i just you know i i think that um anytime you start um putting things like that ahead of, you know, these dudes aren't getting all blocks. They're not tackling. They aren't covering. As soon as we start making it about um, extraneous stuff, I I think you're in trouble. If we start talking about the refs, we start talking about Steve Wilkes being really bad today, by the way. Yeah, they were, but you know, I just, I think that, you know, it's always been my feeling that, you know, players, you know, misplays, coaches make bad calls, refs, you know, do what they do. But, I mean, to me, it's kind of like you start blaming the refs, kind of like blaming the weather. I mean, because it just, you know, where, you know, they need to be held accountable for their poor performance. And they are. We just don't get to see it. But as a participant, there are plenty of other things. There's all, there are all like the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars could like complain about calls, but that ain't why they lost by no, 31. No, it's no. not because uh, there were no, it wasn't a ref call is why they got their doors blown off. And Trevor Lawrence threw two picks and was under siege all day. That it was that wasn't because of the refs. <laughs> well, Shelvin, our eyes and ears said that Shanahan said, it's nice to see him a little more. 
and not just hear his voice. So that's Shanahan's explanation of okay. Wilkes being on the sideline. It makes him feel better. I mean, that's great. Well, <laughs> you, you know, the way that I saw it, and I explained it on my little preview that I did just that was up for the podcast feed only. I sort of see it as Shanahan. And in order to be an NFL coach, you have to be this way. I think he is such a type A personality. He wants things done in a specific way that makes him more comfortable. And with Wilkes being up in the booth, Shanahan probably felt, oh, you know, maybe there's things that he's unable to see from me, whether it's like a physical or like a face or something or just a vibe to where he just likes it better. He's more comfortable. He's more faithful that you know that that they're on the same page when they're next to each other versus being on a headset so i i sort of feel like shanahan was waiting for this to happen to where he could kind of maybe you know push his weight a little bit to go hey this is kind of how i like it let's do it this way since you know this way wasn't wasn't working but like you said five and oh was great until it wasn't and now you know what, what happens if the defense doesn't play well. Does does Wilkes then go, hey, uh, can I go back up to the booth now? <laughs> can I change my underwear? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's got it's gotta be an adjustment for him, right? Because he's he's comfortable doing it one way. Shanahan wasn't comfortable doing it that way. And now Wilkes is gonna have to, you know, he's gotta be comfortable because honestly, it, it is it is him without the security blanket because he is the new guy. He has not been in this system. If there is, you know, you can blame, uh, you, th- they'll be able to make some some blame if they don't win the Super Bowl this year about certain moves or about players. But the one inconsistency on the coaching staff was bringing in a guy who was outside of the tree. And so he's, you know, he kind of comes in already with a slight bullseye on his back. And so I think it is, he probably feels like, hey, it, it might be up to me to make some of these changes just so that the cohesion and the way that they do it, the way that they've done it, isn't changed. So I commend it, him for it. It, is, you know? it, it hasn't changed. That dude has had to come in and learn the way they've done it. So it's not like, I mean, he's he's somebody with a, this ton of experience, but it's not like they're running his defense. He's had to come in. Oh, yeah and learn the way they do it. And so, you know, if we talk about at the end of the season, that's the difference. Well, the fact of the matter is it was either going to be, A, you're going to have this new guy from outside of the system, or you're going to go with Kukurk or Holland and have somebody who is a first-year DC. So either way – um, there was adjustments that were going to It was going to be, yeah. uh, you know, so these dudes that, you know, it, I, and I think that's undersold it. I mean, if you've never run a defense before, you want to talk about growing pains. Yeah. I mean, it's just being a position from a position coach to a coordinator is a completely different jump. And sometimes then I, I think I said this in the off season is that I, I'm always kind of leery of that. If, if you're somebody like, um, Kukurik, who is a great position coach, I think you try, unless that is just something that he has a burning desire to do, I would just as soon try to make him the most, you know, give him his money because that's important to all of us. And that's mostly why guys want to make that jump is because coordinators pay, make yeah, bump, so yeah. much money, more money than position coaches. But if I can make you the highest paid position coach and still, you know, and then give you more responsibilities. If, if that's part of it, if you just feel like you want to do more, well, we can do that. Let's try to max that out. I would like to see that in all walks of life. Let's try to max people out instead of the Peter principle, which says you promote somebody to a, to the, to a, to their level of incompetence. Let's not do that. Let's just try to, grow you as best we can in the role you're in. And if you get to the point, or again, like I say, some guys, you see it at coordinator where they go on to be head coaches because the check is bigger as a head coach. They make that check and then they go back to being a coordinator. Why couldn't we just pay them at the top end of the scale or extend the scale of a coordinator um and not 
go through this whole thing of, you know, I, the example I was talking about with somebody just this week is like a Vic Fangio. He got that big check in Denver, and it was it was a it was a disaster. But but he is you know one of the preeminent defensive minds of the past twenty years. Why did he have to go to be you know to 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 be a head coach to get that bread? Just yeah. give him, <laughs> you know, just make him. There's you know, no coaching's make, cap. The coach right, salary exactly. Cap. They've been paying Josh McDaniel amounts of money as a as a coordinator um for a long time and you see that's probably where he's best suited going back to boston man <laughs> but yeah but, yeah, but so, you know what you know why they don't do that though is because every time they raise the pay scale the owners are like hey man now we gotta true. pay these guys all all the all of know. them gotta get yeah exactly yeah. Because I guess that does create an issue if you're just paying this one guy and then everybody else, all the other coaches are still making minimum wage. Um, yeah. That's kind of, you know, that, that, that creates an issue, but yeah. So, I mean, imagine, you know, not to pick on the Raiders cause I think they've been picked up, picked on enough <laughs> of late, but you know, Mark Davis historically, not, not uh, the richest owner in the world. Mm-hmm. So if all of a sudden the normalized, uh, you know, linebackers coach gets bumped up a couple hundred thousand. And he's like, Hey, like, you know, now I might have to, you know, let mine go and bring somebody up just to get back to the number that I'm comfortable paying. So that, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a, a lot of what it is. Or All you right. stop, or you do like Mike Brown and stop having coaches like, you know, <laughs> in Cincinnati, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Can't no, I was going to say we, we, we leaned a little, negative in the beginning but most of this game was positive so so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll we'll focus on what happened in Jacksonville you know as i was doing my research and looking at this game i thought there was a little bit of a falseness to Jacksonville's run but the thing about it is winning can be so contagious that sometimes no matter who you beat and how you beat them, the confidence just goes way up. So that's why I wasn't willing to say, I think the Niners are going to beat these guys and, and beat them, beat them well, because the things that the thing that worried me about Jacksonville was some of the things that the Niners were struggling against these last few games, which is Jacksonville's secondary turns, turns the offenses over because of uh, because of how the the style of play and the Niners were clean today, so you took away Jacksonville's biggest strength defensively, and you sort of saw who they eventually were. Now I don't think, um, you know, if, if if you ask Jacksonville fans, they probably thought that their offense would do a little bit better against this Niners defense. And if you watched any of the last three games, you probably thought that as well. And so the Niners defense stepping up the way that they did the pass rush being so in Trevor Lawrence's face consistently, like there were a couple times where he almost took phantom Jim Everett sacks just Mm because he was feeling it more so than it was necessarily there. And he knew it was almost like, okay, I got a second and a half to get rid of this ball. And if I have to hold on to it because someone's not open, I just need to fall down because or else I'm going to take a, crazy hit and you saw that a couple times so that's where you know the pass rush is on fire is when the quarterback is feeling it and just going down so that he doesn't get killed uh i will say though they the idea that the niners defense was going to come into jacksonville and dominate the way that they did it tells me a lot about the the coaching staff's ability to solve some problems and this is why the bye week was so helpful because the the teams look this team looked completely different than the last time we saw them play. Chase Young is some of it. Dre Greenlaw being healthy is some of it. There were some issues with guys being on an island and you know the pass interference penalties. You know Mooney Ward is whack racking up these pass interference uh, penalties. Uh, he's not getting the opportunity to use his hands as much and to be physical in some of these games. Uh, Ambry Thomas got caught. Those were, I'm, you know, I know I'm not one that, that that beats up on the refs, but a couple of those were like super, super tight. Um, where he was, if you want to, if we want to count the yards, he was probably 
at six instead of five. <laughs> I know. But it, it was just, it's just so so. But you know, again, like Johnson said, at a certain point, you, you have know to, you got to know how the refs are. You got to recognize yeah. how they're calling it, and it just again, like I was saying, talking to somebody last week about um, you know against like the Bengals and good, you know, you can't touch Jamar chase after five yards. Good luck. I mean, I don't yeah. know who's going to be able to, to, to guard these guys if you can't touch them. It's yeah. so, it's, it's so hard for a defensive back to um be able to do anything. But like you say, it's just, it, it's a reality. It's it, he's getting called. He's like, it's like, it's almost like Josh Norman at a certain point where you yeah. just, if that's your game, if getting up on a guy and being physical is your game, you're playing in a, in the wrong era. <laughs> yeah. And that's my worry, which is as we get closer to the playoffs and, and in some of these big games, the referees, and this this may be a trend. This may be me finding fault where where fault doesn't exist. But sometimes it becomes reputational, mm-hmm. and oh sure. And if you are in a big game, and let's say the Niners have, uh, you know, they played the Seahawks, uh, and, and there there's a big physical receiver on the other side. That physical receiver is going to get away with doing way more than the defender will be able to mm-hmm. get. That's just the way that football has always been. Um, and, and we've and, you seen know, it. Like, you know, if you if you get, if there's like a, a close play on a hit, a dude like Greenlaw is never going to get never. the benefit of the doubt. It, never. It's, if it's close, it, you're going to get the 15. It's just, you know, like you like you said, it's just reputational. We saw it, you know, in a different sport the other night with, with um Draymond. With Draymond. <laughs> it's just you know, and, and that's just baked into it. We you're, they're they're, cre- they're creating rules. <laughs> Draymond. I was like, that rule doesn't exist. How does that work? <laughs> they just made it up in the fly. We're gonna go back and look at the last play. Well, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know, but yeah, it's just like you said, it's gonna be it's a thing that is not your imagination. That's the thing. Yeah, it's gonna be if we're, you know, if he's on DK Metcalf and he tries to get the least bit physical with him, it's probably not gonna go our way. You know, it's just, you know, that's just, you know, which is complete. How do you, how do you guard DK Metcalf if you can't get fit? If you're just gonna give this dude free releases off of the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a long ass night. You just, you know, you're not going to be able to win if you can't be physical with that dude. So that's, you know, it's, it's an issue. It's that's why I think going back to what we were talking about in the very, very beginning, getting the defensive line, right. Is um, it's paramount. And I think that injection of talent, um, lifted all ships today, you know, yeah. having somebody because let's, you know, no disrespect to um to Drake or Farrell. We got a, a huge talent upgrade with Young and oh, we had a Hargrave, a Hargrave sighting today. Yeah. You know, I mean, he has been MIA for the past two weeks and we spent more time blaming Steve Wilkes than <laughs> looking on the field and saying, well, where the hell is this? Where's the $84 million man? Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, but he, his presence was felt. I think he had a sack and a half today. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I, I think it's all of it because, you know, when you slot Farrell in where, you know, now he's like our third or fourth, um and it's it's different you know so yeah. it i think that um moving forward the um defensive line is going to give our secondary a lot more help um we we were able to get some effective snaps from um ambry thomas today it looks like the, the isaiah oliver experiment may be uh if not over completely we um we we will be seeing more of um Demo at slot. It looks like Demo had a little bit of a rough game, though. I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's there, true. There, I... there, there was a moment where they 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 ran to the outside, and you know wh- whenever I see a run to the outside, I don't really watch 
the the guy with the football. I kind of mm-hmm. watch where the defense is because that tells me more about whether or not it's going to be a big play or 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 uh you know short yardage. And so I'm watching him, and I see him, and I was like, oh, he just took the inside angle instead of trying to not, close the whole thing off, and then he missed not, the tackle. Mm-mm. And, he did and not I was like, play oh. his responsibility. I. I I never played football, but I was on the team and I practiced and I know you got to If you are the outside guy, you got to keep your outside. You cannot let them cross your face. And that's what he did. And you, like you say, if you're going to do that, if you're going to go inside, you got to sure make, make the tackle. tackle. You got to make, better the tackle. make the tackle. Um, so, yeah. But, and you know, so that is just, you know, again, that's, it didn't. It didn't. Just, it didn't burn them. Right. He, him but, but playing. Got to play responsibilities. Yeah. And and if he is going to get more snaps, him being on the field uh, in games like this is is beneficial. But uh, you know, yeah, that I'm sure there's going to be some situational stuff where you know if there's a if the offense is is running a slightly bigger set, then maybe Oliver plays because mm-hmm. he's a bigger guy, he's a slower guy. If there's a possibility of them running out of uh, out of a situation like that, he's a really good tackler. He's a real solid run player. Yeah. Um, I and and I think it it, it, it just again he's play, plays in the wrong era. They just because there just really aren't that many big slots anymore. The slot receivers are normally smaller, faster guys, and they those dudes just seem to be a really tough matchup for him. You know, he just, he's just, he's just a bigger physical guy. And those dudes just kind of juke him and, <laughs> and he's, he's just in a trail position. So, you know, yeah. who he reminds me of a little bit. Uh, you remember Mike Rump, who the Niners mm-hmm. drafted? Uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, now we're talking like 20 years ago. How, yeah. how is Mike Rump 20 years ago? Bigger corner. They had to move him to safety because he was much better tackling than he was mm-hmm. covering. Uh, and he that's who that that's who Oliver reminds me of. I didn't even know this. I because I kind of look I wanted to look to see when the Niners drafted. Mike Rumpf is a uh recruiting coordinator at the University of Miami right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's another guy we were talking about. We were just talking about um, Mooney Ward. He was a dude that um, at corner, if he could get his hands on you, you know, it was a wrap for you. But, yeah, it was it was one of those things where if you were fast and he couldn't get his hands on you, it was going to be a uh, it was going to be a long day for Mike Rump. And like you I, say, that move into safety um, was, was very beneficial to him because you just couldn't leave him out there alone. I actually undersold him. Assistant director of recruiting at Miami. Go ahead, Mike Rump. There you go. Give out that NIL. Yeah. I I wonder how many times he uh, is on the phone with Uncle Luke every day. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Luke, we need another check. (laughs) Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, all right, let's talk about the uh, the offense here. We've talked a lot about the defense. The story of this game, especially as we got to later in the game, was whether or not Christian McCaffrey was going to get his his shot at the end zone to make it 18 games to break this long-standing record. I was hoping we would get here. Go ahead. The, Sorry. They, they couldn't do it. They really tried at the end. Like They decided to bring him back in the game, which I thought was kind of ridiculous just from the idea that this that we need to put this guy – you know, we need to bubble wrap him after every single game is over. And uh, they gave him a shot. You know, they they got down to, I don't know what it was, the four-yard line or whatever. And uh, he got the ball like four times in a row. Couldn't get in. And finally, it was uh, the streak was over here. But uh, I, was, I, I, wa- I wanted to see him get it. I thought he could have gotten it earlier in the game, but they just went away from him in the first half. Uh, but that was, uh, yeah, they tried. And he, again... You know, you talk about the most impactful player on the offensive field, on the offensive side of the field, 
CMC again, six yards per carry almost. Uh, he had six catches at eight yards per clip. Just he, he's just the guy who makes this whole engine run. And it's so fun watching him play football that I, I'm just like, just gosh, you know, where's this guy been all my life? I just, and I was so glad to see them do that because I think this is a thing that just gets completely undersold. You see, you could see it on the field. Those dudes wanted to get that for him. Yeah. And okay. We talk about the injury risk and blah, 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 but there is a benefit to when everybody is so hyped about getting someone and individual accolade because it's an individual accolade but it's it's an individual accolade that everybody takes pride in getting and you can see it in the guys and I was just so happy that Kyle was in tune enough with his team to see that those guys it it wasn't meaning it it was a it was garbage time, but that wasn't meaningless to them. They really wanted to get that for him. And I think those are the kind of things, those are, those are team building moments that I'm and It wasn't successful, but I thought it was really, really cool to see that. Um, yeah. Number one, not even so much the record. It was just, it was the fact that his teammates were yeah. so hyped about giving him the shot at it. Um, and that the coaching staff listened or, you know, didn't just, like you say, just put him in bubble wrap and just not, it's important. I just think it's important to be in tune to what your team want, especially, you know, we were, we were on a losing streak, you know, the game was in hand. I, I get that. But I, again, I just, I'm glad we're talking about it. And I was glad to see that they I made was, the I effort. was watching like this. I yeah, I mean it would. I mean, if, if he blows out his ACL, then um, then everybody gets fired probably. But um, yeah, it was it was good to see. I was I would I wish he would have gotten it, but you know, it's over now. So yeah. Uh so Brock Purdy was uh his, his at the end of the day his stats look amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he is still the the number two. I think he's number two in the NFL from a QBR perspective. Or no, from quarterback rating perspective. Mm-hmm. So even those, you know, those three games where he did not play well, the first five games just, you know, his numbers are so great. And then so he's back to the numbers uh, of the first five games. I didn't think he played fantastically in the first half, and and I was a little frustrated with the play calling. I was just like, I would I would watch Christian get the ball once and I'm like oh wow that's that's like six yards before defense is even anywhere near him uh why aren't we doing that like more and I get it from a Shanahan perspective he's probably seeing things in the defense where he's like yeah they're just keying on Christian so much we have so many things that we can open up downfield but they weren't really doing it they had the really good first drive and it's like, oh wow, you know they're hit, they're back to hitting like they were in 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 the winning streak, and then it just kind of went into a lull, and they're blitzing Brock, and he's looking a little confused, and he's trying to run, and he's going back to the you know the intentional grounding stuff, and then uh, I think there was a there was a couple of situations where I thought you know maybe just take the sack because you're scrambling, opening yourself up to, to getting hit, uh, you know, worse. So there were moments like that. And then at the end of the first half, they got that field goal. Jake Moody just snuck it in the, the upright, like after the game, like three tries. And I went into halftime thinking like, okay, 13 to three, terrific. But this game really should be like, 24 to three, like not like there's meat on the bone that they left. And then in the third quarter, they, they kind of reversed that and they did the things that, that I wanted to see them do before. And they, they kind of ran away, ran away with it. But overall, um, what did you think of, of Brock's play? Uh, the numbers at the end look great. And I did think that he was fantastic in the third quarter, especially finding Kittle one-on-one to, to kind of, blow up uh the the beginning of the third quarter was it was a great throw and for him to hang in there like he did uh but overall what, what's your thoughts about brock 
I thought that the Jacksonville defensive staff did a very good job of showing him some really difficult looks for him um, pressure-wise after the first quarter. And it just took him a while to adjust. Um, And it took the coaching staff a while to give him the protection and the looks that he needed to get. But I guess it was kind of choppy, but like you say, overall, um, spoiler alert, he's my player of the game offensively. There you go. Um, So I thought that he was really good, especially taking into consideration that he had that stretch that, where he just, it, to me, he just looked a little confused. Um, and they were doing some interesting stuff. They, you know, stuff like putting two ends on one side and giving Trent, a, you know, a two-way look uh, on of defensive ends coming at him. And they, they did, you know, him and Feliciano didn't handle it well. And they pressured Brock. So, I mean, he's seeing stuff like that. And he, he's confused a little bit, you know. And But he... um came out of it and had an excellent third quarter. And um, again, we tend to forget that since he got off to such a great start, he's still a young player yeah. and they are going to be lulls. Like they're going to be lulls like those past three games. I mean, that's, that was my takeaway really with mm-hmm. the play calling in the first half, which was uh, Shelvin and I were going back and forth and, and Shelvin was really handling the discord today. Cause I was kind of, I started late. And then I had to take a break, and then I caught up. But Shelvin was was keeping things moving in there, so thanks to Shelvin for that. But my my takeaway was, we should be proactively setting Brock up against these blitzes instead of having him hang out in the pocket so much and make the decision whether you know because sometimes he he's a little bit more gunslinger than than the arm the you know the mind is gunslinger and the arm's not always gunslinger. And I was like, let's 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 call some screens. Let's call some draws. Let's run plays where you know the 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 over reliance on the blitz is going to really make them uh, you know pay for it. But the way that I saw it, I was like, well, Shanahan's calling plays like this dude is Aaron Rodgers. It's and so he's. It's funny you mentioned that. I was at the cardiologist this week, and there's a dude. He came in and he had full Iowa State regalia on and we got to talking about Brock Purdy and he Mm -hmm. was like um it's great to see him in the league and how poised he is because Brock's got a lot of YOLO in him (laughs) (laughs) so you saw uh, the first touchdown pass was all YOLO My God, I, I, had, I had to hold my breath when he put that ball in the air. So, yeah, it was funny to hear somebody who's watched his whole college career say Brock is um is really a gunslinger. And, you know, we didn't really see that in the beginning of his run. But as he has gotten more comfortable, we have seen flashes of it. You know, um, when we saw when I saw it was that remember the Raiders game last year? Mm hmm. That that's when I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like this this guy, he he thinks he's he's got the Trevor Lawrence arm, mm-hmm. and, so, and sometimes that you know that that can bite him in the butt. But also, I'm sure there are some defenses that are they're like, nah, he's not gonna make this throw, and all of a sudden he makes it, and, yeah. and it just just like this Kittle thing, right, where he hung in there and made that throw, which was so impressive because, you know, Kittle, one on one against the against the linebacker. I'm sure Kittle sees that opportunity and he's like in the Jimmy G era, Food. that's getting dumped off because Jimmy does not trust the mm-hmm. ability to not get hit. And he's like, wow, I beat this guy and Brock put that ball and he hung in there. And that that's really, to me, that's like the thing where if you're Kittle, you're just like this dude, you know, he, this is what makes him different than Jimmy. Cause mm-hmm. Jimmy's dumping that off or Jimmy's, you know, throwing it at you know, throwing it at somebody's feet because he knows that that hit is coming. So and like, look, Jimmy's not, and he's not wrong necessarily. No, um, he, but he, but you'd rather have a guy who is willing to 
hang in there and put it out there. And I mean, look, he was the the, the linebacker was in a position where when Brock threw it, there's there is a what what we, what percentage of chance is that linebacker going to get his head around and make a play on that football? It's that so so turning the ball over in that situation is really not the concern. It's either you give George an opportunity to make a play. Or, you know, or it's an incompletion. There, there's, I, I, from the position that dude is in, the defender is in, there's no way he gets himself in a position where he is able to, to turn that ball around in the other direction, yeah. which is always a concern when you go deep like that. You don't want, you don't want him turning the ball over. But I, th- I think from that standpoint, it was a low risk attempt. No, no more than, like you say, he risked taking a big shot. Um, that if, if you want to, and I guess that is a risk. You know? I mean, that, that is more of it, which is, mm-hmm. can I throw this football with the confidence that I, I'm going to get hit at the same time? And this, that, this is the difference. And so uh, some of my family are, are Raider fans. And I just, mm-hmm. uh, I saw my cousin yesterday. I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you got the, you got the, the, the version of Jimmy that's like, the you know the the dog that has an abusive owner and is just every time you say something the dog is kind of cowering like you got the version of Jimmy of I'm hurt I, I get injured every year if I take a big hit I'm making a business decision here on mm-hmm. on my future of my career like when we first got Jimmy that was not his concern and that's what made him such a fan favorite early on as he played a lot like Brock where we're like, is he really going to throw that ball? He threw that ball and he, and he was making plays because of it. And then over the years, you know, his career went, went to a little bit of it. We, we, we had much more of a safe Jimmy over the years. So it is nice to see Brock kind of get back to uh, some, some of the things that, that the fun Jimmy was, was able to do. But I told my cousin, I was like, I'm sorry, man. You got the beat up version of Jimmy, and I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> not not without Kyle there uh, figuring it out for him. So, um, all right, let's talk a little bit more about the offense. Ayuk, uh, just I, you know, when I look at Ayuk's numbers, and they were kind of conservative. They there weren't. It's not these gaudy numbers. He was only uh, he was a three for fifty five with a touchdown. And when I think about him, I all I thought about was like, man, this guy's probably got five or six catches, a hundred yards, and you look, and it's only three for fifty-five. But I think it was those three catches were just such big plays and and such statements that they they were bigger than 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 what I maybe thought that they were. But he just seems to be so in sync with Brock. He seems to be running these guys into the ground with his routes where he's got so much space when he catches the ball to move. Uh, I, I just love what he's been doing this year. Uh, and, you know, he is, he's making himself some money. Oh yeah. He, there's no question um, that he's going to be get paid. The only, I mean, the only question is, are we going to be the team? Is it going to be us that pays him? I, you know, and I don't know. I, I think that I don't, I I wonder if we have seen kind of an organizational sea change. You know, we made we made Nick wait to get his money. Um so it's gonna it'll be interesting to see this offseason if you know Ayuk is gonna be asked to play out his um fifth year extension. Um and then though which if you look at all the moves they've made it would not surprise me if they don't, if they decide they're not putting any more big money on the books until 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because at that point they will have a ton of decisions to be made. And then you can just kind of reshape the team. Um, at that point, you just, you, you ride this one, ride this team out through next season. And then, um, you know, you move move forward from there. But I would be, if it were me, if it were my team and or my money, I'd be trying to get that dude locked up sooner rather than later. Because you want if 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 Brock is your longtime future, you need his 
best chemistry receiver. You you want those guys playing in lockstep for many years to come. You don't want to have to then find a new guy and recreate that. Well, you're going to, you know, I've been having this conversation online, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, it it will be different when you, if you decide you're going to give Brock four for 180, it's going to be, the way that you that that will be the next step we see i am in i have full faith and confidence in brock purdy running this team Mm -hmm. do i know if brock purdy iuk and the pips is going to what (laughs) what does that look like i don't know you mean you, you like you got travis kelsey and a bunch of dudes basically with Patrick Mahomes now, yeah. and and we see that you know if you're going to pay a quarterback forty or fifty million dollars, in most cases that's where it's going. To, you're not going to be able to have an all you know an all pro stable of uh, of um playmakers. It's just it, it's, that's just not how it works. So now we got him at seven hundred thousand, and we're able to surround him with all pros. If you're paying him. 45 or 50 million dollars that's not going to be the case so you need but but you need to have one and if i were going to pick i want to have them all obviously but if i was going to pick one to reshape the offense once brock is getting paid if that's what happens of all these guys it would be well it would be christian but he'll be like 32 at that point yeah. and he's a running back um but other beyond that if it, if it was going to be somebody who other than a 32 year old running back it would be Brandon IU for sure yeah he he's got uh, everything that he's done this year shows me that you know I don't I don't even know how the Niners hierarchically see him and Debo but he's mm-hmm. he's got number one receiver written all over him the way that he and the way himself. I see it is he is definitely wide receiver one but I still say that Debo is a more explosive playmaker oh yeah D- Debo's Debo's the uh utility knife Debo's the yeah it, I mean you just saw how much he added to the offense Ray Ray could run some of those plays. Yes. But if yes. if they sniff out the play and Ray Ray gets knocked around his ankles, he may go down. If they sniff out the play, Debo's gonna get through two tacklers. For and sure. Then he, and then he has a chance to break it. <laughs> and you just uh, and, and that's what's with, with the defense, just the way the de- when He's running that fake jet sweep versus when Ray Ray is running it. <laughs> it's a there is a completely different reaction to the defense. Everybody on the defense is taking note of does Debo have the ball? Because like you say, if he does, it's like a bowling pin and yeah. it's I'm a bowling ball and it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> it's just like his presence just it just changes things. It just well, changes things. He, he, him having the ball on, on that play, there's a lot of demo guys who are going to try and just dive at his foot because they don't want to sit on the outside and take, try and take him down. And so they're making that decision. Uh, you know, you know, Ray Ray, I bet you, you know, this is kind of a thing where, you know, maybe he was born, uh, you know, 30 years too early or something, but. Ray Ray, imagine Dexter Carter in the Ray Ray mm-hmm. position, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you can use a football player like that. Dexter Carter probably watches football today and goes, mm-hmm. I wish I could have been used like that instead of them trying to make me a lead running back mm-hmm. where the, the team knows every time I get the ball, it's got to go to the outside because I'm too small to run inside. And that Who makes them that? solely predictable. I was talking to somebody about that. I don't know. I think it might have been at the barbershop. Could you imagine Reggie Bush in a Kyle Shanahan offense? Yeah, the, it's it would be amazing. <laughs> Percy Harvin. I mean, you know, guys like that, they, they, they just play the game in an era when the offenses didn't have the language to use. They, they, it, they couldn't, they couldn't utilize them to the to the full extent of their talents 
you know, NFL offenses were just so old and stodgy that, like you say, Dexter Carter, he has to be a running back. I mean, yeah. it, you know, there's no we didn't have the vocabulary to use him, you know, in any in, in unique or varied ways. We had to use him like you use Walter Payton yeah. or, 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 you know, running back X. Whereas, you know, even like Roger Craig, he was fortunate to play for somebody like Bill Walsh, who was able to see the short passing game is just an extension of the running game and get that big ass dude out there with a swing pass and yeah. get him out, you know, in space on DBs, you know, safeties and linebackers and, you know, put them you know in a, in a shredder. Giving, <laughs> you know? giving out concussions with his knees. <laughs> right. You know, so it, it takes, you know, offensive, um, guys with offensive forethought to um to advance things like it's funny i was I've, I've been watching a little bit of the texans i watched them all last week and then some of it this week and it's interesting they to see, today. yeah it's interesting to see how slow it has kind of turned tank dale into like their debo it's it's really you know and you see that around the league where guys are Using, I, I think Cleveland was doing that a little bit with Elijah Mitchell, uh, Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. um, where you're just, you know, taking these guys who are multi-talented and actually using those talents at other positions. Like you, Tank Dell is not just a receiver; he's a weapon, um, and I, I just think that that that's a, a really cool advancement. It's always kind of been like that in college, but um, it. Like we were talking about just a minute ago, it hasn't always been that way in the NFL. Yeah. All right. Let's get to uh, the end of this thing here. And you already made your uh, your offensive uh, player of the game here with, with Brock. I would uh, I would probably agree with you, and I would just caveat it by saying, I think if they, and I don't know why, but if they leaned harder into CMC in the beginning of the game, I think he could have had a gaudy, gaudy statistical game because they just they running to Trent's side like this dude. They I, they ran it once. Uh, I don't remember exactly when, but Trent's out there running and CMC's just behind him. And I, and I was like counting the yards. I was like, is this Emmett Smith mm-hmm. in the nineteen ninety two Cowboys again, where he doesn't even get touched like? It was it's like, amazing it's like how an they automatic five yards. It's like yes. like five yards guaranteed. If he if he were just to trip and fall down, he yes. would get five yards. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, but but you know they they just they Kyle looked like he played the long game with this one to set up some stuff, and it worked because they scored you know thirty four points. Uh, but I, I agree with your Purdy thing. Uh, CMC and Debo were extremely valuable, and you got to give it up. You know, Kittle leads Kittle. leads the the game in uh, receiving yardage because of that long play. And what what did you think about his? But uh, I don't know about fifteen yards out. He started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love dudes having fun. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a, a stodgy guy. He was dra- He know. was doing a drag. He was doing something. It wasn't quite like high stepping like yeah. prime time or anything. <laughs> he's not, he's but, not quite prime, but yeah. <laughs> I I I love his whole George's whole energy is um he is you know he's an all timer for me. Um, for he's a, he is a living 49er legend. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Defensively. I'm I'm just peeking at the defensive stats to, to see what it looks like. I, you know, I want to give it to Nick almost every single time. Mm -hmm. He had a, a one and a half sacks. He had one tackle for a loss. Uh, he he defended one pass. I think uh, he batted one down, and then he had two quarterback hits. Uh, Hargrave just as impressive statistically, like you mentioned him earlier. And Chase Young did get a half of a sack. Armstead also got a half of a sack. So they had five in total. Uh, Chase Young had two quarterback hits, and I think I forgot. Maybe it was Matt Barrows who mentioned this in uh, uh, in one of his tweets, but. Chase 
didn't really have the statistics that Nick did, but you could sense that with him on the other side, the defense had to pay attention or the offensive line had to pay attention to him a little bit more, which kind of opened up Nick, which was sort of the, the, the straw man explanation of why this could work is just when you have talent on both sides, then you got to pay attention to both guys. So I thought Chase Young, well, he didn't have, and also he, he maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, he's been playing all year long, but there were certain situations where I sort of thought, I was like, is this dude getting tired? Like maybe just the, just being so fired up, you know, to be on this team and to be, be back and, and, and play after last week. But there were moments where I was like, ah, I wonder if he's a little winded, but the other part of that was what you said earlier when you can play chase and Nick, the second chase needs a break or the second Nick needs a break. Then you bring in Farrell, who is like ready to go. You bring in Gregory, who's ready to go. And so to have the depth on the defensive line on the ends like that is you're always kind of going to have a fresh guy who's just ready to pin his ears back and go at it, which that, should be fun to watch as we as we watch for the rest of the season and i was excited to one thing i was you know i'm a nerd so i'll just say that straight up but the one thing i was excited to see and hoping i was hoping i would see and we saw it pretty early was we put we got gregory in and chase in there at the same time so the ferrari is back you know we we had that with you and ebukam and nick within the two interior guys. So we had the five defensive, you know, three defensive ends out there and we could really get after the passer. So that was a great, I love that alignment. We got something out of it and I hope we, I hope to see a lot more of it. Um, I have given up on keeping pressure numbers, but I, I'm betting when the PFF numbers come out tomorrow that Nick has at least, 10 total pressures. So he's my guy. I just think that it was, he was dominant today. Cause there even on the one where he didn't, he didn't actually get there. He, well, he didn't get the sack, but he blew, um, blew my man up and it led directly to the, um, interception. So, yeah, I, I thought Nick was, you know, again, and that's, you know, we've been, <sighs> I've just, it's been disgusting talking about Nick and how like some people have been like disappointed to do like leads the league in pressures. He's second in the league in pass rate win share. He just hasn't been getting sacks. And it's kind of like um, the, the home run hitter who he's hit a bunch of doubles, but he hadn't hit it over the fence. It's not like he's, he's having a, He's having a poor season. He might not be playing to the level of the defensive player of the year, but this kind of this notion that he's been a disappointment this year no. is just kind of ridiculous to me. He's he's been a a force and he's been, you know, right up there with Garrett. And because I don't even I think Micah has even taken a step back. He's been right up there with Garrett and Watt as the best um defensive ends in the league. So this notion that, you know, he has been like a disappointment for us is kind of nonsense to me. And I just, you know, as we saw today, the sacks are going to come. And I think that by the end of the season, we're going to look up. He's going to be right up there at the top of the league in all of those categories like he was last year. It, you know, he's if, if we saw today, he was dominant. So I think the three or four sack game is coming (laughs) he's got it that's booting up so and then he has that game and then all of a sudden he's right back up there at the top in that category too to match all of the other because all the other pass press metrics are right there he is at the top of the league and all of them it's just sacks where he's trailing behind and i just think that you know, again, like the one hit where he all but gets there, dude gets a, gets rid of the ball, but it's a pick. Well, technically, if that's what we're, if we're saying, that pressures don't matter, well, clearly that's a fallacy because right. that pressure led directly to a turnover. So, right. yeah, I mean, I just think he is dominant, and I think that the addition of Young 
just makes this a really, really <laughs> scary situation because um, not only did Nick benefit today, but um, Hargrave did as yep. well. Um, it's just, it's an embarrassment of riches. And I just hope we can keep everybody healthy and that we can move forward. We can get, you know, Womack kind of woven in and try to get him some of those, um, <laughs> some of those defensive snaps, see what looters got. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. What did you see of looter? I, I didn't really see any, I'm hoping to, to, um, to isolate him on the all 22 because, you know, he obviously um, Brown got some snaps. It, I just think at this last portion of the season, we need to try to really um, see what we've got in these young guys and see that hopefully maybe one or two of them can do like Ambry Thomas did two years ago mm-hmm. and down the stretch really um, give us some real solid reps. And if that means somebody like Oliver has, you know, takes a back seat so that we can give these young guys you got to see what, we, what they've got, what they've got. Unfortunately, yeah. they got hurt early. Um, but we, I, I think that we'll be better off. You know, and we'll know if they can play, then they can play. If they can't, then, you know, so be it. But um, you go back to Oliver and we just, you know, take our chances. But I think um, it would be, it'd behoove us to use these next five or six weeks to try to, see what we've got with these guys. Cause I have always been impressed with Womack. I don't, I don't really know what happened. He had a really strong beginning of last year mm-hmm. and then he kind of fell off. Um, but I don't know. We see that with young DBs that we saw. Ambry Thomas was slow early picked up and then he fell off. And, you know, now he seems to be back in good graces and hopefully he can stay on the field. Cause we, you know, it is, that's a concern. Our secondary is definitely a concern. And hopefully these young guys can, you know, can provide some solutions. Yeah. On the offensive line, it does seem like, I don't, I don't know if there's even a stat that defines this, but when Trent is in the game, he makes everything look so Mm -hmm. much better. And from a secondary perspective, like that there is there is some they need some help in sort of figuring out uh what happens when the pass rush isn't a hundred percent there so uh, what did you see anything from looter in the in the uh the preseason he is he is a he's very very athletic you know so he, he's a highway speed guy for real so it's just a matter of can he play i you know that was hard to ascertain in camp because he just didn't get, you know, he wasn't getting as many reps as everybody else was just mm-hmm. being young, but um, he, he's got all the talent and, you know, it's kind of tough, you know, throwing him out there in the middle of the season, trying to get something out of him. But I just think we, we need answers and we need to try to find out, what we've got with these dudes. I don't think we can wait till next off season to, to find that out. We need to see if they can, if anybody can step up and um, give us something as we go down the stretch. Uh, Kyler Murray's doing Kyler Murray stuff. Uh, I have the, uh, the red zone st- uh, on the TV in this room and he's, he's looking like Kyler Murray, man. He's kind of always been a problem for the Niners. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right. Next. Next week, uh, they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is uh, at home, so it is a 105 game. I may not be able to watch this game live, so we may have if if we do the the post game show, it will probably have to be late because my son is uh, moving. He's he lives in San Francisco. They're moving to a different neighborhood in San Francisco, so uh, there's a possibility that I won't even re- really be able to watch the game until i get home mm-hmm. um so rod and i will kind of keep in touch about when we're gonna record uh but w- i i should i just have to figure out a little bit more information from my son like if it's up to me i'm like hey eight o'clock let's go you be ready and let's move and let's get this thing going i don't want to be doing it at 8 p.m on a on a sunday yeah. night so so i'll have to ask him good uh, luck with that but, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I hate moving. It sucks. It's no. and and his his place is where where he yeah, I mean, if you know San Francisco, a lot of these places are so small. So and then it's kind of like three different flights of stairs and taking oh, stuff geez. down. And so it's gonna be a tough one, but um yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But all right. All right. We will be back next week at some point. I will try and be as communicative as possible when that time is, but I still have to figure out when I am needed on Sunday. So, all right. For Rod, I am Double G. Niners won 34-3. Hopefully, like Davis, a.k.a. Drip, says, we're back. That, that was his two-word <laughs> two statement. Uh, we'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.